Post episode, Clark gets a little brother, Lionel propositions Lex, and Chloe doesn't get asked to prom. This is the Smallville Chronicles. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Smallville Chronicles. I'm Lou Gonzalez and with me as always is my co-host Alan Muir. Jeff Johns, you fucking animal! Was that your Grant Morrison? No, that was my, uh, what's his face from Simpsons? I, I have not watched The Simpsons in forever, so I have no, oh, the, is it the groundskeeper Willie? I believe so. Okay, they're both Scottish, so. That can be your, uh, Grant Morrison now. No, because, no, be, no, because Grant, Grant Morrison, you know, he's, I can't do it. Actually, that was that was really good for that second. For that second, before it it turned into Spanish or a French accent. Yeah, but um, that's because we like Grant Morrison, and Jeff Johns has basically overbusied himself to the point where he's putting out trash garbage. And ten years ago, he was putting out Flash, when not Flash, Green Lantern. Yeah, Green Lantern Rebirth. Then it was like the uh, whatever the Sinestro Wars was that time. And then I think he jumped on Flash and Aquaman, like, right after that. Yeah, and there there was he also was working on Justice Society of America when they were doing the, the Kingdom Come sequel. Ooh, I don't think I've read... Wait, what's oh. the King, What's it called? What's the Kingdom Come sequel called? Uh, Thy Kingdom Come? Maybe I've read it. I have to go back and... It's the one where the Superman from that Earth arrives in the D- DC time. Oh, and definitely Earth. did not, definitely did not read that. Oh, you have to read it. It's got... He shows up and is he just grossed out by everything? No, no, he's he shows up and he's it's sort of like what they what they did with Old Man Logan, where where he he's he's stunned by all these people he's seeing who he thought he thought was were dead. Okay, that's definitely like something that I need to check out. It's one of the best like sequels to a comic ever. ever. Well, that's because it's really hard, and most of the time the sequels are god awful. Yeah, it's and there's and Magog actually shows up. Oh, really? But it's him, bef- it, and Superman tries to stop him, but he's not the Magog from Kingdom Come. He's just this guy named Magog who is who. It's I, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. Yeah, it definitely needs to be because right now I'm catching up on Sandman. Well, catching up. I'm picking it back up from where I left it like two years ago and trying like to get back on track. I've only re- reread a little bit, but I'm almost at where like new stuff that I didn't read already. I just was uh, trying to get myself back onto where it is. So like I just finished the kind of what leads into when he, when they made the Lucifer book. So I don't know if you've ever read Sandman. I have, or I think I might have, I may have read the. One first, of them. One, one of them. Yeah, there's a lot of books, and there's a lot of, like, filler stuff with, like, other parts of that world. But it's an interesting, the one I just finished, where he, Loser gave him the keys to hell, and he's now trying to figure out what to do with them. Yeah, what I, what I did was, I read issue one before I lost, or I had some Sandman comics before Hurricane Sandy. Lost those. And... When Lucifer's, when Mike, Mike Carey started the second volume of, or I'm, I'm not sure if it was Mike Carey, when the second volume of Lucifer started, I start, I picked that up. Okay, well then, you'll probably be, if you like that, the since Netflix picked up the show Lucifer, they've already said that they're going to make it much darker, because, well, they can, because it's not on Fox anymore, it's on Netflix. 
and they're also they're also increasing the budget. I like the show that was on Fox. I get why people don't. I'm a fan of procedural stuff, so it was very much like a castle or a monk, except that the not cop in the the oh combo. God, it, I would have loved to see Tony Jalou play play Lucifer. <laughs> they did. There was a couple of like really good cameos because the one guy from Psych, um, Cam really, no, a really tall guy. Um, I can't remember his name. It's like Timothy Olsen. I know who you're talking about. He he was on he, Jericho. He was on Supernatural. Yeah, the really tall guy. He played a, a guy that was kind of God for an episode. Yeah, I remember. I was... yeah, he had like a stroke like right after it. He's okay now, but like it was like a big deal because he almost did not make it. But like he literally like filmed that and then like went home and like a couple days later had a stroke. That's why he's not when they did the psych movie this past year. He's like he has like a very very tiny cameo in it because he was still rehab. I guess he's still rehabbing. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that stuff in this show eventually, where it gets like, oh, this actor sad ending. But well, I guess there's already one in the show. Which if you haven't seen, um, I will send you after this. Rosenbaum was on somebody's uh, Theo Vaughn, who's a comedian's podcast, and it was the first time he talked about the whole incident or. Stuff involving the the actress that plays Chloe. Oh no, I uh, I saw that. Okay, well, I guess we can get into the show. We're probably like you know talking about other stuff because this episode's so good. There's really not a lot to like critique. This episode is just like all heart and awesomeness and a triple homicide. Well, I guess there's a double hom- there's a homicide and then a double homicide. Yeah, yeah. I did not. I was like when the second time I was like, oh, there's three dead three murders in this episode. That's pretty dark. All in front of a child. Yeah, this this episode, <clears throat> it's sort of similar to how they get um, by him on the dog's name. Not Crypto, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's like a while from now, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's a similar type of thing where... Martha hits something with a car? No. no. Like... <laughs> uh, the dog is, escapes, and Clark finds it, brings it home. This is during the time when... Uh, Lois was on the show. Oh, that's like really. That's like what, like season eight? Uh, no, I think it was either between seasons four and four or five. Wait, she, Lois shows up that early. Well, I guess she was in the high school, right? She showed up the right after, uh, the end of season three, where the safe house Chloe goes into blows up, uh, and then she miraculously survives because they got her to an underground bunker. I have like no memories of this whatsoever. It's it's when Lionel gets sent goes to prison. Yeah, this is like one of the reasons why I'm glad that I'm rewatching the show because I feel like I remember the really bad stuff as in like quality, and then a couple of episodes were being like mind blowing. Like I can tell you almost the entire Booster Gold and Blue Beetle episode because it was the worst costumes on earth. Yeah, the thing is, or the funny thing, Lionel's gonna it's it's they show what happens to each person. As Lionel's, or the, as they're shaving Lionel's head, as, um, a, an orca- like a gospel type song plays. Oh, and him like kind of cleaning the deck, so it's very like Goodfellas or Godfather yeah, Two. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely very Godfather Two. Yeah, I think that's when. Or the end of Godfather. Chloe, it's Chloe, her father, and other people go into a safe house because she's going to testify. Uh. Lex, I think, gets poisoned. Something happened. I think he gets poisoned. But of that, course, he's fine because he's a metahuman. Well, I think this is this was when that, 
he uh, got married to that woman who, and he was stuck on the island. Oh, okay. I, I kind of remember that. Because that's all like a setup, right? To get something from him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I like vaguely remember that. I, The reason I liked it is because following that, there was in season in season four we get Lois we get Bart Allen. Oh, that's when they start dipping into the the ethos. That's when they DC or Warner Brothers was letting them use. Well, not obviously Lois is a is key to Superman. They were letting them use sort of comic like either characters who were big at the time because Bart was Kid Flash. At, at that point in uh in the comics, then a year or two later, Green Arrow shows. Just Arnold shows up as Green Arrow. A year, uh, season five is when uh, Cyborg showed up. Yeah, that's when they were like kind of starting to let them actually like expand the show. And they form a proto just. Yeah. Um, but we are going on almost thirteen minutes without even naming the title <laughs> of this episode. Well. It's something that Martha has a thing for. It's Stray's. Yes. So yeah, this episode is Stray. Um, it is a very good episode. It's a very dark episode. Um, I guess we can get... I'll like roll off this first kind of hunk of plot real quick. It's basically you see this little kid at a pawnbroker shop. He's trying to trade him this thing that's gold. The guy yes, says... I believe it's an angel. Yes. And the guy says, oh, it's only worth 50 bucks. Who told you it was gold? My mom. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, well, you could just tell her. He's like, I can't because she's dead. So he decides to give a little extra money and he opens his safe and we see the kid kind of standing there kind of thinking hard he then leaves and his he goes in the car and there's what looks like to be his mom and dad or at least two adults in the car they want the thing and then he's like i don't want to help you anymore he the dad figure rips the comic book he's reading which is warrior angel yeah like he out of his doesn't yeah he just he grabs it ruining any resale potential resale value because well, the entire time I was watching this, I was like, "Where are the bags of words? You're yeah. you're not you're ruining the comic." Well, he's like a twelve year old kid. Because don't we? I think at some point don't we actually see like Lex's number one or whatever down the road? Yeah, and ironically, in the episode with uh, um, I've, I'm blanking on her name, but she was a Hollywood star at the time. It was the episode where the, where the Hollywood star is in is filming a movie, a movie in, in Smallville. Small. Oh, it's that, like, thing, and then Clark gets, is it, like, Clark gets inadvertently becomes, like, the star, or, like, end of the movie? No, no, it's our production assistant sees Clark's powers, and he, he does a, he does something that they, that, that Misfits did, or they did it much later. He has, I think, either Lana or Lois and the Hollywood starlet, and he has to choose. Yes, yes, he, he can only save one, but he ends up saving both. Oh, it's like a Batman Forever type thing. Yeah, and then Lex at the end of the episode, Lex brings all his Warrior Angel comics and tries to get the got the production assistant to tell him what happened and who about Clark. He refu he refuses and keeps Clark's secret. Okay. Um, which this, this is, yeah, this is when Clark and Lex are no longer friends anymore. Right. Which we which we get warned, or which in, we get we get a nod to that in this episode. Yes. So after the dad kind of attacks the kid, he gives up the combination. 
So we're still like, we don't know what his abilities are. There's no like special effects to it. He just, it just kind of happens, which I did like in this. It's much more subtle. He doesn't put his hand to his temple or anything goofy. Um, but we see the, the two of adults put on like clear masks that obscure their faces in a weird way. Okay. I have to say something. Is it me or the, 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 the father? His mask looked a lot like his actual face. Yeah, no, no, it's like a clear mask that kind of distorts your face. Um, like, it's almost like it, it, like, squishes your face. Like, it's a clear mask. Like, that's his face underneath. I thought that, too, but it's like, um, it's kind of like if you were to wear, like, a stocking over your head. Like, you could see through the stocking, but it, like, just distorts it enough where, like, a camera wouldn't be able to pick up, like, specific features. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely like yeah, it's a clear. That's what I'm saying. It's like a clear mask. They used it in a lot of movies and stuff at that time, where it kind of just like pushes your face into the specific molds or like squished his nose down and stuff. But they go into the place. The kid gets out of the car to look and see what's going on. And as he gets to the window, the old guy that worked at the pawn shop is like, "No, he's stop!" He's pleading with them, and he and he gets shot. He gets shotgun to the chest. The kid runs away. The wife is actually for the woman is freaked out by it as well. Like, why did you have to do that? And then he He's, says it was yeah, him. Yeah, and the kid gets noticed running away. And they, there's a chase that goes on running through the forest. Then he gets hit by a car, like pretty bad to the point where we we'll see that the windshield has uh, a crack in it. Yeah. And who, who steps out, but none other than uh, Martha. Yep. And she drives away just as the two parents are coming out of the woods. And he said, but he says, but the kid says, I lost my shoe. Oh, I didn't even notice that. But he is in the road, the shoe, because I think that's what the parents like the dad picks up. Yeah. Uh, so from here, we cut to the hospital. Um, the doctor is telling the kids about the situation and he only has minor injuries. And that the kid, Ryan, I think this is when we learn his name. No, um, no, he. Or I. Yeah, he's. He says he knows. He says he knows his name, but nothing. Yes, but we learn all this from the doctor. Is like what I'm saying. Like the doctor is telling the Kents, hey, the only thing that he remembers is his name, which is Ryan. He doesn't know anything else. And then she also informs them that he only has a bunch of scrapes and bruises, and that some of them are not from the accident. So he might not be remembering because he doesn't want to remember. Yeah. And that child services won't be there to pick him up till tomorrow. So the only place for him to stay is in the sheriff's juvenile cell. And that's when Clark suggests for them to... He says, why can't he stay with us? Yeah. And he's, and then the doctor says, that the, that's nice of you, and that shouldn't be a problem. I did want to point out, I don't know if you got this, but uh, Ryan is looking at everybody as they're talking, and then when you see Clark and him interact, he's almost, like, stunned. And I think this is what he alludes to later on, that Clark's the only person who he's never been able to read. Well, it happens again when the breakfast scene the breakfast scene where he has tries to, to read Clark. Yeah. Which is exactly this is the next scene. So like he makes everybody their favorite breakfast except for Clark because he doesn't know what it is. And then Jonathan asks Ryan why he was out on the highway and he gets defensive and says he doesn't remember and then like kind of runs away. Well, he, he says I think I doesn't he also say that like I'm not lying. I re I really don't remember. Yeah, he gets, like, super defensive about the whole situation. And Jonathan's, like, not really being aggressive at all. But he just kind of, like, freaks out and then kind of, like... Yeah, he just, like, runs out. Yeah. And Clark, and goes, Clark goes and finds him. He's reading the comic book, Warrior Angel. And Ryan is afraid that he's going to be sent away because um, it's obvious that he's lying. And Clark says, no, they wouldn't do that. 
And he's like, well, would they send me away if they found out I did bad things before they found me? And then Clark basically, uh, is this where he asked him about the comic book? Like, why, like, he was reading that character, and then he explains that, like, he does, like, he just wants to help people, even though he's not bored. It's basically a Superman story, just with a different character's name. Yeah. And then they play basketball for a second while Jonathan and Martha look on. Yeah, and he does, I don't know if you ever, if you ever watched the show The Goldbergs. I've seen a couple uh, episodes. There's an episode where Murray goes back to his old high school, where someone beat his record of, uh, of shots. And he does the, instead of the regular way to throw a basketball, to shoot a basketball, he does it. Grandma style? Yeah. Yeah, they do that. They've done that bit on a lot of shows over the decades. It was like a very big trope. Um, I'm trying to remember. Because I remember they goof on that in like a King of the Hill episode. I think they did that in um, Married with Children. Like anytime there's like a character that a lot of their thing is wrapped up in like one athletic thing that they have in their life. That tends to be an episode eventually. Which the Goldbergs is a good show, but I believe the next season is the last season. Oh man! They're doing a spinoff with the wrestling coach character. They did a pilot kind of episode not too long ago. It was yeah, really funny. It's going to take place in the nineties. Yeah, it's with uh, Brian Callen, who's a comedian. He's the wrestling coach, and then Tim Meadows. Ah, uh, Tim Meadows is national treasure. All right, let's get back here. And so we're at the hospital again. The dad is now looking like a private detective looking for the boy. But when he's, it's not there, we see the, the woman again and the two of them leave. Uh, next, we see Lex getting a visit from Lionel, who compliments everything he has done and basically gives Lex one of the few compliments he's ever given him in his life and tells him he wants to return. He wants Lex to return to Metropolis as a special advisor to himself. And Lex tells him he wants him to think about it. And he also gives a uh, history lesson about Alexander the Great. Yes, yeah, and his and uh, I can't remember what, his father was Philip, and I can't remember what the Philip the whatever. Yes, he gives them a whole thing, and then also then Lex is like, well, you know, he told him that after he you know tried to kill him in like a failed coup or something like that, because Alexander or Philip did try to kill Alexander, and I believe Alexander eventually ended up killing Philip. Yeah, or. But the way he says it is, he doesn't say it's Alexander the Great, but he just says the the boy, something along the lines of, this boy ended up becoming Alexander the Great. Yep. All right. So next thing, um, Clark takes Ryan to the torch where he meets Chloe, and she compares his story to Casper Hauser, which I guess is a real thing that I did not know about. And this is when we kind of get, I think, our first real taste that he's psychic. Because Chloe gets to where she's going to say the end of the story and then stops herself when she realizes she's talking to like a 12 year old and then says like, oh, and he lived happily ever after. And Ryan's like, you could have just said he was murdered. And they kind of walks yeah. off. <laughs> it's like, okay, super emo child. And she's super confused. And they kind of just, they take a picture of him so they can compare it to like missing people. Yeah. And first he gets, he gets again, defense, super defensive about how he's, he, well, he thinks he's gonna go be going on the hit the pictures for the wall weird. Oh yes. I mean, hey, if Lana's on it. That is true. There um, shouldn't be a problem. So right after this, they kind of Ryan outside of the room tells Clark that Chloe likes him. He's like, okay, well she's my f well they're not out of the room. They're just like off to the side. And he's like, oh, okay, of course I like her too. We're friends. And he's like, no, she likes you, likes you. She wants you to ask her out to the prom. And she even brought up she adjusted her already. It's pink. Yeah, and then we we get a shot of Chloe look on the computer 
not not like not paying attention or paying not looking at them. Yep. And from here we go to the Talon where Clark takes Ryan. They meet Lana and Lex. Um, Lex informs Ryan that he has the entire Warrior Angel collection, even like a first printing of the first issue. And Ryan's unimpressed and also like very rude to him. He's a bit of a dick. He's a total dick. So he's like just like uh, unresponsive. Not not just that, but when uh, Lex starts starts to say he has a, uh, you know, I have a, and Ryan immediately cuts him off and says that he has. He's like you are. You have the first issue uh, framed on on your wall or something. I and loved his like ex- explanation for knowing that it was funny. Just telling and, him you're rich. That's what rich people do. They collect things. Yeah. yeah. It's sort. Of, it's sort of. I don't want to say Lex meaning his match. Well, he said Lex can't hide behind his, like, wit and intelligence. Yeah. Uh, so right after this, Lex kind of, like, takes his leave because he basically gets shunned by a 12-year-old. And Clark is like, oh, like, you were being really, that was really rude. And then uh, Ryan tells Clark about the job offer Lex got. Clark tells yeah, him to stop. He's leaving, or he's, go- he's leaving, or he's going back to Metropolis. Yeah, his dad offered him a job. Yeah, he's he's going back to Metropolis. His dad offered him a job. And Clark's like, that would never happen. You know, it's not making up stories. And and uh, stop making up stories about people and then leaves for a second. This is when you see Ryan. He's just sitting there and then you see his head kind of pick up. And the camera kind of like shows behind him is the dad. And you see Ryan then turn because he had already realized because I guess he read his thoughts is what we're led to believe. Yeah, he notices that something something is not right. And he turns around and immediately runs out. And Lana takes note of this and the and and how he was he's followed out. Clark comes back, asks where where Ryan is. Lana tells him he ran outside. And something you forgot to mention was he they they focused on a certain panel in the Warrior Angel comic. Oh yes, with where him. it's you're safe now. Yeah, and he's looking through like a hole with like light coming out from behind him, which is exactly what happens in the next two minutes because. Um, Ryan he goes and he hides in a in a uh, dumpster. Yep. The stepdad comes out looking, can't find him, and we have the garbage truck coming. Clark comes outside, yelling. The stepdad or the dad, well, his stepdad like runs away. The dumpster gets dumped into the garbage truck and starts compressing. Clark finally, like he, the kid finally starts screaming at this point. So then Clark X-ray visions and then rips the hydraulic hoses out. And well, the, it's more, it's not, it's more detective vision, because honestly, that's what it looks like. Oh, yeah. It's like sort of x-ray vision, because he sees the skeleton, but he, there's also the outlines of like all the bags. I don't yeah. know. It, it's goofy. And like my first thought of this is like, where the hell is this garbage truck driver? Yeah. How, he should have noticed, he would have noticed a child screaming in the back of the truck. And then a gigantic hole. Or like that, or the, like that some sort of lights would be blinking when the hydraulic hoses get ripped off. Yeah. And he could have just stopped there. Like, he didn't need to rip the hole open except to, like, make it connect to that comic book panel. Like, because they could have just, like, um, he could have just, like, ripped them out or, like, gotten the truck driver to stop. But, you know, it's a TV show. But it's one of those, like, logic inconsistencies that always bugs the crap out of me. All right. So then now we cut back to the loft. Clark is putting stuff away. And Lex shows up. And they basically have this uh, light conversation. About how Lex always wanted to have a sibling, or Clark always wanted to have a sibling, and um, and how they both never had one, and Lex reveals that no, he did have one. Is he had a brother whose name was Julian, um, 
everything was awesome. It was the first time he ever saw his dad smile, and he, he was truly happy. And then one night, they woke up. Uh, his mom went to go check on him when they were going to go do his baptism or christening, something like that. And Julian was dead in his crib. And that from that day on, his mother was never the same. His dad grew more distant and colder. And all semblance that Lex had for a real family went away. And he also ends it with like, well, like kind of saying, you know, it's the past in any way. Like we would have ended up hating each other. My father would have made a point of that. And then he tells him about the job offer. And Clark says, did you tell Ryan? And he says, no, I haven't told anyone but you. And I, mean, like, I, I know that our listeners are probably tired of me constantly talking about season 10, but we do get a sort of, of a, uh, we sort of get a, a, a taste of what it would be like if, it, like, Lex having a sibling. Yes, and this also ties into a plot that happens in season two or three, where there's the Julian that appears. Yeah, and then. I think it's season two. Yeah, because it's got the guy from Vampire Diaries. Yeah. That's what, and again, this is like one of the memorable scenes is like him signing a paper at the pool table is like one of like the things I remember from like that episode. Honestly, that is one of my least favorite episodes of the entire series. Oh yeah, it's complete hogwash. the dude's acting, not good at all. No, not at all. All right. So from here, Jonathan takes Ryan to the Talon. So he goes back there as a reward for helping him. Gets a coffee, tells Lana to give Ryan whatever he wants. He's going to call Martha on a the phone from the building because this is 2001 and nobody has cell phones yet. 2002. 2002. And um, while he does that, Ryan observes one of the waitresses and says that she's not a good person. And she should be fired. Yes. And I guess Lana later on ends up finding out that she has been stealing money from the register. Yeah, uh, Ryan doesn't, Lana first is skeptical. No, she's, she's like mean to him about it. She's like, that's a terrible thing to say. Why would you say that? <laughs> and she, he just says, because she's a bad person. Yep. And Ryan cannot, does not give two fucks about what's going on. He also doesn't really lie, which comes into play later. He's, yeah. the problem is he has is like, he's, he gets this knowledge and then he's like too forward with it with people. And that's what makes him come off as a dick when really he's just being honest. So like him being shitty to Lex is because he kind of looked into Lex, his head and realized Lex is like dark and stuff, as he says. Yeah, he has a lot of, he has a lot of darkness that he hides in the world. Yep. So Jonathan and Ryan go back to the house. And then as they pan out, the stepdad is outside reading a newspaper about Lex and saying that like, we'll get him, we'll get him when we need, when we're ready. And he and they and basically Lux is their next target. Yeah. Um, then we cut to Chloe and Clark investigating the area where Martha hit Ryan. Uh, Clark's Clark brings up the claim about the prom thing and the pink pink dress, which Chloe embarrassedly confirms that is all true, but that she hasn't bought the dress yet. She, was she just looking. looked at it. Yeah, but it makes like that super awkward relationship stuff that, especially this early in the series, happens all the time. Um, they find Ryan's backpack and Clark magically rips open a piece and finds a picture of Ryan with his mother, which I love. Chloe's like, why did you look? There's like, that's where I would hide stuff. It's like, yeah, if you were like a CIA operative. Yeah. And you let her brings it. You let her confronts Ryan about it. Yes. And he says he wanted to start again with the Kents. Yes. There's like one scene in here that's, um, we're missing. It first jumps to Ryan with Martha and him kind of probing her and weirding her out. 
and she sends him outside to play. But this is also in this conversation is where he learns Clark's origin. And it cuts to Ryan looking at the spaceship and Clark being pissed at it. And Ryan telling him that he's not going to tell anybody. And then he confesses his ability to read people's thoughts. And he begins to cry when he's explaining, like, the picture and everything that his mother did die. And his stepfather um, has been, his stepfather and his girlfriend have been using him to, like, steal from people. And we already know, based on the doctor in the beginning of the episode, also abuse him. Clark kind of just gives him a hug while he cries. Yeah, he does. He plays Big Brother part for the most of this episode, or for the entire episode. Yep. And then basically right after this, we see the stepmom or stepdad's girlfriend, I think her name is Deborah, shows up the house posing as child services. She tells Ryan that she's go- if she doesn't go along with her, they're going to kill the Kents. So they leave before saying goodbye to Clark. Lex arrives to give Clark a gift, which is a fencing sword called a foil. It was, this was kind of like, I don't understand why this is even in this episode. But it was, I guess, just a way to set up that, Cl- that Lex goes to the Kents. And so then he decides to leave. Clark says, for the record, I hope that you don't leave. And Lex leaves to go have dinner with his dad. And we see the limo driver close the door. And it's Ryan's stepdad. Um, the next scene is, so Lex and the limo is driving. The limo stops and Lex is confused. And then the stepdad um, climbs in the back with Ryan. And holds Lex at gunpoint while asking him questions and Ryan reading his mind, answering everything. The stepmom is driving, and then they end up throwing Lex out of the moving limo. And then... Then Clark comes by, right? No, Chloe goes to visit Clark and shows him the picture of Ryan's stepdad's rap sheet. And Clark realizes that was the limo driver and basically ditches Chloe there. And Chloe makes some quip about how if Lex is leaving, she's still there. And then, like, a joke about the cop where she got the info from. Maybe she'll ask him the prom. Yeah, I know. Um, this is where we get the, where Clark runs and finds Lex. And then Lex says to go get help because they have Ryan. Which they also showed that when Lex was in the limo, he definitely realizes that Ryan has abilities. Because there's no way for Lex to know, or there's no way for Ryan to know the things. Because I think he says, like, oh, I don't have it. My dad has it. And Ryan's like, he's lying. And um, so we do cut to... The Gibsons, who are the step-parents, they stop at a bowling alley. They get out of the car. The stepdad tells the girlfriend to torch it. Um, Do you notice what... Oh, the bowling alley's name? No, I thought I should pay, remember it, but I did not remember what it was called. Lois Lane's. That's awesome. Yeah. Because probably like another thing where they thought that they would never get to it. So Yeah, because they wanted to stop at five seasons. Yep. Um, so they get out of the car... James, or the, the stepdad, asks for the password, and he threatens my, uh, Ryan. He tells him it's Julian. It does not work. And then he says he's going to kill him. And then Deborah wants to kill Ryan. But then Ryan basically says that he's going that the stepdad's going to kill her after he gets the money anyway. This is where she goes, you know, he's always ridded me out, but the one thing he's ever done is lied. And she pulls her gun on him, and he's just like... Hey. Uh, you... I was just going to say, like, this, this stepdad kind of just tells her, like, oh, he's just trying to split us up. And then he turns around to go, like, on the, he closes the briefcase laptop thing. And that's when he turns around and then just shotguns her to the chest. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. It's not, thank God they don't live in the, in the world like Walking Dead. Or else he's just a governor. Yeah. Oh, uh, they don't show it, like, kind of on screen. He just kind of turns around and you hear the gunshot and then you hear, like, the body fall. And then when you see her legs, like, twice, I believe, like, her kind of dead on the ground. 
Yeah. Because I think when he's like turned around, the kid Ryan like makes a run for it. And then, so he's in the bowling alley and then there's like a guy coming out and he tells the guy to call the cops. And then the guy like kind of looks up and the stepdad just shoots shotguns him in the chest too. What is with this guy? Uh, oh, he, man. I know that guy. We actually get see get shot. Like it hits him in the chest. We don't just we just don't see any blood. Blood. He just like gets hit and then goes down. Yeah, that happens for most of the episodes. Or the people who do get shot. Yeah, they just go down. There's no blood anywhere. There's blood like in post scenes, like after someone's dead. I think there's blood, or if they get hurt, but they can't not when they're dying. Because that I think that's how you get around like TVMA. This was like well, like whatever TV thirteen or PG thirteen. Yeah, but basically they go in there. Ryan's hiding, stepdad's being all shitty, Clark shows up, he sees the two dead bodies, which we see on camera, including the stepmom. He goes in, he uses his x-ray vision to see that the stepdad has the shotgun pointed at Ryan. Their positioning is very weird, because Ryan's, like, in the machinery, so he's actually closer to Clark, he's in between Clark and the stepdad. That's how you saw it, too, right? He Because, like, the stepdad's, like, kind of, his back would be, point like, towards the back wall behind the bowling alley. Yeah. Oh, uh, just a fact about, or just a fun fact about the actor who played, or who played this character, or the actor. His name is, uh, Jim Shield. You'll know, it, he comes back in small, he comes back later on in 2010. And, uh, he plays possibly one of the most Golden Age comic character ever. Sylvester Pemberton, aka the Star Spangled Kid. Oh, wow. Was that in the, the Jace, the Absolute Justice episode. Okay. I was going to say, like, I remember that, and that's such, like, a weird character, because it's not... He's only... He only had... He, he has a short amount of screen time, but it's his death, sort of, that gets... That's that sets things in motion. Because he's not, like... He's he's not, like, a Captain America thing. He's, isn't he, like, Star... What's his name? Starman, kind of? Is he, like, a predecessor to Starman? Or Stargirl? Uh, no. Uh, Starman was actually a, a member like in the series and uh starman's father was actually on a member of the jsa okay maybe i'm mixing up starman and the star spangled kid but i think in the, sm in the smallville verse or in the comics star and stripe it's jsa stuff is very complicated Oh, yeah, of course, because they've, like, retconned it 55,000 times. Yeah. All right. We could we do a whole podcast on the chase. Yeah. Like, even Each just... Version. Yeah. All right, we have very little bit left in here, so Clark um, defeats our bad guy by chucking a bowling ball through a brick wall and hitting him in the chest, causing him to not that, die. Yeah, that would just... That would, that would cave it. That would crush his ribs. Yeah, he'd be done. Or the ball would have exploded upon impact with the brick wall. I guess depending on the weight of the ball, but yeah, no matter if you had to throw it hard enough to go through brick, then yeah, it would kill him. Which he could have equally just—we've seen him—he could have just ran around and then just like bonked him in the head, like last, like the last episode. He could have just uh, Luke caged him and tapped him right on the forehead. Yeah, but no, it's a, it's a chance for them to show off like special effects, which they didn't look terrible. So after this, Clark takes Ryan to the town to say goodbye to Lana, who gives him a goodbye kiss and tells him that he was right about the waitress. Um, Lex informs his father that he is not going back to Metropolis because his father wants him there to keep an eye on him and he wants to do his own thing. And like Alec, like what those ancient fathers and son relationship, the fathers were really afraid of was their son returning with their own army. 
So this goes again to like the relationship between Lex and Lionel is more competitive than it is like a father son relationship. Yeah. And we finish up by cutting back to the farm. Ryan's aunt, they found out, Chloe found out that Ryan has an aunt from Edge City. Coming no, no. To, um, yeah, yeah, Edge. Yeah, Edge City to come and get him. Um, he tells Jonathan and Martha that he's not going to reveal the secret to anybody. Because he knows, he knows it's like hiding from the hiding Who he is from the world. Yeah. While, while, uh, Superman by fighting Swallowing. Yes. Uh, he gives Clark his comic book collection and say, warns him about Lex and says he doesn't need the books because he has his own. He has Clark. Yes. And he also says, like, she's a good person. She's just as worried or she's just as nervous as I am. Everything's going to be okay. Clark waves goodbye. And that is the end of the episode. Yeah. Oh, but don't forget one machine. We get, we get some wind on the back, on uh, the back of Clark's hair. Oh, yes. Which, uh, which weirdly doesn't go to Martha or John. Also, what is up with those elbow patches on the flannel shirt? It's a trend of the time that went out of fashion, and then it came back into fashion a bit a couple of years ago, and then I think it's gone again. Thank God. It's just a look. Yeah, yeah you can, they did that with a bunch of stuff. Like you can see, like kind of sport jacket, like a sport coat will have them. It, it's a thing that they do every yeah. once in a while. So I have some uh some some fat some trivia. The character who played or the character of Ryan James played by Ryan Kelly. He was fifteen at the, during the filming of the episode, which was which is the age that Clark, Lana, Chloe, Pete are supposed to but aren't. This is a song, obviously, Superman. By fighting is about the inner lament and burdens of Superman the character perspective. The Warrior Angel number one is a Pretty much, pretty much the same as Action Comics number one. In the cafe, Lex mentions he, he likes Warrior Angel because he's bold. And what well, this is something I I didn't have to look up because I did this when Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, Joe Schuster, when they were worked working on the character, he was a bald madman called, and they in the book was called the Reign of the Man. And this is a religious thing mm-hmm. in Christianity, and according to the Christian angelic hierarchy, warrior angels are supposed are created to be the are created God, also called powers. They are the bearers of conscience and the keepers of history. So, yeah, um, I had like only one fun trivia thing about this episode. So, was there any other one things you had? Uh, that's it. Um. Funnily, funny, or funny, that it, this is actually the first episode of the show in the series where the word kryptonite is uttered. Yeah. Because it's in the song. Yeah. Which is really dumb. But we do see a return of Ryan later on, and with and his return. And season, in the next season, and I didn't like Yes, but what did. I, I uh, go ahead. I was going to say, what it does do is it kind of, although they never address where his powers come from, I guess we're supposed to assume in this episode that they're from the meteors, but what they actually yeah, end up saying is that they're not. He's, so he's the first meta not created out of meteors. No, no, he's not He's not actually a meta in general. Well, he can read people's minds, so that kind of makes him, he has powers. He's the first powered individual. He's no, or I don't want to, I don't mean a fanboy, but in the episode, Ryan too. They determined that the cause of it was a tumor, and it's killing him. Let's just say that that episode has a sad ending. Yep. 
All right. So, um, is there anything specific you wanted to talk about in this episode, or did you have an MVP, LVP? I had, technically, I had three MVPs and three LVPs. Wow. Like, two-thirds of the cast in this episode. Well, sort of. Uh, my three MVPs are Clark, Lex, and Lionel, for the his, Lionel for the time free period in the, in the episode. Yeah, they're all absolutely amazing in this episode. Anytime you get Lex and Lionel in a scene together, it's just amazing to watch. They just play so well off of each other. The next and my three least valuable players, uh, Ryan's stepdad, the girlfriend, and Ryan himself. Oh, really? You didn't like the kid? I liked him at the at the end of the episode because that's when he he changes his he changes his demeanor. Uh, you were annoyed by his dickish attitude in the beginning. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I cried. I cried during this episode. I used to love this. I loved this episode. What the hell happened? You didn't like his rude attitude towards Lex. No, I, it's not that. It's I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but he's he is much better in his, the his second episode. Uh, the only thing that bugged me, and it was more of a writing thing, was like I just didn't understand why the character. Even though after he sees that the stepdad is gone, doesn't yell then when he's in the dumpster. He waits not only until after it's dumped, but until it starts to compact. And I was like, why aren't you yelling sooner? Um, but the stepdad and the stepmom were terrible, and whoever did the makeup on the stepmom did her no favors. They just, like, dressed her up like the worst sort of, almost like stripper-like. She was wearing, like, leopard print and had on all the makeup. Yeah, she got shot with... And then Homer she got... Sean Moore Simpson's uh, makeup shotgun. Yes. And then she got shot with a real shotgun. <laughs> Which, again, this is like... It was so jarring to, like, sit there at the end and be like, wow, they legitimately showed three people get murdered in this episode. Like, straight uh, up. Tangly four. Oh, what, the stepdad at the end that Clark kills with the bowling ball? Yeah. But, but like, they straight up show three people getting gunned down. Which is, like, much more... Like, because most of the other episodes, when someone dies, it's either their own fault or it's like by accident or if somebody does kill them, it is very off screen, but we see all three of them kind of almost one of them. We see on screen. The other one, we see the dead body twice. So it was a, this was a darker episode and child abuse. All right. Um, we cool to do the preview for the next episode. Yep. All right. So our next episode is Reaper. We can check out the trailer right now. You know the difference between living and dying? On the WB's new Tuesday, an all-new right, This is an interesting episode. Risen from the dead. Kind of Body disappears from Metropolis uh, Morgue. It lives to kill. What are you doing here? How can he yeah, turn people like, to ash? Like an unstoppable presence that preys on your worst it's fear. Kind of Trust to, no like, one. Uh, Clark, and definitely with the people turning to ashes thing, very Infinity War. Yeah. Um, but this... at least we're getting Eric Johnson's going to getting another chance to show up with his acting chops. Yeah, we do see Whitney's return. Because this is an episode that's very much about um, euthanasia, which is again another kind of dark subject matter that they are taking on. But um, 
it's definitely interesting, and it's a. I guess this will be a second really dark episode in a row for the show. Um, but we are closing, and the next episode will be episode 17. And Lionel's in this episode. Yes, he is. All right, so I guess plug time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Alamir. I uh, I've been sharing the latest, or by the time this out, this, by the time this comes out, I'm sharing the latest, most recent as of recording, as of recording uh, after dark fuck movie pass, <laughs> in which every single place, every every single place I I plugged it, I plugged it on my Twitter, plugged it in a podcast in a podcast group. I just said, "F Batman," more like "F Movie Pass." <laughs> All that and more on this week's After Dark that I am totally not on. Yeah, it was a long episode, but it was good. Uh, Arlen got to go off on Movie Pass for a while. Yeah, I, I can't wait to do it. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Comic Boy. I've been I, I, I was in a. Uh, Negative space. Let's just call it what the, that, that that was, with my uh co- my comments towards Doomsday Clock issue six. I will say that with my saying, Doomsday Doomsday Clock sucks. Did Tom ta- did Tom t- Taylor write this? Yeah, and just people Doomsday Clock is just going to lead to another reboot of DC. Yeah, probably in some form or fashion. I have a feeling this is going to turn out the way Secret Wars turned out with Marvel. Because there's Gibbs Clock is halfway done and there's not going to be there's going to be I think by the time Heroes in Crisis come, issue 1 comes out I think it's coming out on the same day as Gibbs Clock 7. So I think they, they might be ending on time. Hopefully. Uh, probably. It's over. Well, technically it'd be there's six more issues, so it'll be six months, but they're doing it every two months, so it's at least another year. Yeah. So maybe they'll be done by 2020. I wonder what's going to end end first, this, this show or Doomsday Clock? Well, that's what, in the that episode of After Dark, I said, I bet you that Doomsday Clock is still going by the time that the Watchmen TV show on HBO starts to air. <laughs> All right. Um, did you have anything else? Uh, no. All right. Um, I'm also like we've been talking about on the. Oh wait, I forgot. Almost forgot. Don't forget to join the Facebook group, Phantom Zone. Just just type that in on Facebook. Yep. And I so I'm Lou A. Gonzalez on Instagram on and Twitter. I'm in the Phantom Zone group. I am on the Phantom Zone podcast all the time. Uh, We will be getting by the time this drops. We'll be not too far away from. The new CW seasons, as well as Iron Fist season two, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, YouTube, wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, Anchor also, right? Yes, that is where we're going out of Anchor, um, but Anchor feeds into everything else as well. Like you can listen on Anchor, or you can listen on iTunes or wherever. I guess that is it. We will catch you on the next episode of the Smallville Chronicles. I'm Luke Gonzalez. I'm Alan Muir, and this podcast stands for truth, justice, and American way.